I'm Adrian Tan, and this is my podcast where I deep dive into matters surrounding HR tech and the future of work. I was a former HR serial entrepreneur and write extensively about the future of work on my blog. You may know me better through the Singapore HR tech market map that I created in 2017. In this podcast, I speak with the people who are enabling the future of work. From mindfulness coach to employee engagement platform, they are all helping companies to better navigate rising work and business demands. I'm hoping their sharing in this podcast will help you better prepare yourself and your business for what the future of work may bring. The recent proliferation of remote work has made companies rethink their talent pool. If my people can work from home, why am I just hiring locals? This may be especially so in Singapore, where the annual salary of a software engineer is around 55,000 US dollars, versus Poland, that is around 14,000 US dollars. My guest today started a job board just for companies to hire software engineers that are open to relocation. COVID-19 prevented travel, but it encouraged companies to use the same platform to hire talents in those countries and have them work remotely. Andrew Stetsenko is a HR tech entrepreneur with a coding background and a passion for machine learning and natural language processing. He started to learn coding in 2003 to help him become a better tech recruiter. Subsequently, he founded Relocate.me, CV Compiler, and Glossary Tech, all in this attempt to match companies and software engineers in a better way. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for coming on to the show. Hey, hey Andrew. Thanks for inviting me. It's really nice to catch up with you again. I think I got to know about what you and your company does some time back. But for the audience that are not familiar with, perhaps you can start off by helping us to understand more about the businesses. And you have three of them. What was your motivation behind them? And what were you doing before this? Yeah, absolutely. Like This is a really good uh, topic. And yeah, just try to, to be short as, as, as much as possible. I actually studied as a software engineer. And then like in my student time, I, I, I decided to try myself as a software tester. But after a while, I realized that like yeah, testing and like writing code is not for me. So I decided to try to, to be in this industry, but to try myself on the other side. And then I started to be a tech recruiter. And then after this, I guess all, all the story uh, happened when I started to be like a tech recruiter. After working for some companies, I just then launched my recruitment agency. This was, this was kind of like the first starting point. And then one of our clients requested to, to if we can help them to bring talented uh, software engineers from, from one country to another. It was, I guess, almost 10 years ago. So I thought like, yeah, this could be a really interesting situation and really interesting case for us. And then like the agency started at that time with the idea to help talented people move from one country to another. And then uh, kind of naturally we launched the, the, the job board and the job platform. And then while we keep moving, we see like the ways we can improve also the, the, the resumes of our candidates. And also like, if you might know, probably the glossary tech, the product appeared. This is just, just to help tech recruiters, but initially it, it helped our team to understand technical terms. So I guess this should be the explanation of my story. Yeah. <laughs> It's really an interesting and fascinating story. And the grocery tech is something that got me reconnected with what you do. I was actually pretty surprised to learn when I first come across grocery tech that it, you are the guy who created the same thing. And I was doing a tech, I was selling a tech hiring platform back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really fascinating and interesting to learn about all this grocery because definitely many recruiters out there are not technically savvy enough to understand what many of these terms mean. So it's really interesting to help them to come to terms on what all these are. But the key thing here would really be relocate.me, which essentially is a way to help match companies and software engineers, especially for engineers who wants to work overseas. 
Why that specific angle for people who wants to work overseas? Yeah, I guess that the key problem uh, and the key pain that that I saw that time was that like there is there I guess not enough information uh, about the country where you can potentially to relocate and where you can potentially move. So you don't have uh, you you should search a lot on the internet to find the relevant information. It's hard to find one place where you can find a list of jobs from different countries who will help you and your family move and you will be supported during this move. So I guess, yeah, lack of information, lack of details about the relocation actually pushed me to, to, to we, we call it kind of one-stop platform for software engineers and other tech professionals who want to move so they can explore different countries in one place. They can explore jobs from, from different employers who will support your relocation, your work visa, will help you with housing, etc. You can also calculate the, the net salary in in. 20 plus countries, uh, you'll have some even learning guide on how to find a job abroad. So all this together helped to create a really great candidate experience, especially for those one who wants to, to relocate. And uh, actually our goal to be probably one, one of the leading platform in this field who will provide as much as possible helpful content and opportunities for, for people who want to move. Give us a sense of the numbers. How, how many people have successfully relocated through your platform? Uh, it, it's a good topic. I guess that the number is pretty big, but we don't ask like it's like a job board in a way. So, for example, like LinkedIn or Stack Overflow. So uh, companies don't have don't have inform us when they hire. So if they want, they can definitely say, okay, we hire a few people. But I would say in general, it will be hundreds of people who relocated using our platform. And also in a way right now, because we are growing, so we, we want to offer our users the best experience possible. We sometimes even aggregate some interesting jobs on the market, like for example, like Indeed does or other aggregators. So then we can offer a variety of jobs in different locations in different for different professionals. So that's why we even, I would say, give traffic for free and give applicants uh, for free for some companies in which locations we are not presented. So we can even track who applied for jobs. But as I said, our goal is just to, to, to be the, the, the best friend for candidates in the first place. And then like, yeah, I guess in this, if we can manage to, to, to handle this, then I believe that employers uh, will come to us because they, they'll, they'll have a pleasure to work with our community of, of developers. So I guess the attraction for employers would be reaching out to a larger set of audience because I would imagine predominantly they would just target people around the zip code. But in an instance where they are able to attract people from overseas, especially people who are open to relocating themselves, I guess that will help to open up the door to a larger talent pool. And with that in mind, I'd just like to understand in terms of the current situation because with COVID, traveling has stopped and it's just impossible to move across countries. I'm pretty certain this has affected your business somewhat. Yeah, it's honestly, it's heavily affected when, when the pandemic started. So probably around like 70% of our clients uh, put on hold their like subscriptions and their like job postings because it was like a, a huge uncertainty in the market. And after a while, the things started to, to kind of slowly, even though some countries are pretty uh, closed at the moment, for example, Australia, or Japan, I know also like situation in Singapore is getting better, but before it was was really closed. So so the world realized that like remote work and work from home can save a lot of time for people. It could be convenient for a lot of people to to, to switch from the office job. But on the other hand, uh, a lot of companies still realize that it, it's it's much harder to build a culture 
and to, to build a spirit to, to, to share the, the values, the, the real strategy of the company. If you have a super distributed team, yeah, it's definitely possible. We have a lot of successful cases on the market, but still it's, uh, it's easier, it's more practical when you have at least people in one uh, location on the same, on the same uh, page, I would say, to, to kind of to build a, a great product for, for their users, for their customers. So still I see that the companies has, have uh, a lot of demand for, uh, for bringing people together, even though I believe it will be a mix of probably working from home, and spending like a few days in the office. But anyway, a lot of growing companies, big companies, they, 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 they want to have people in, in one location. That's why we see that even though like some countries could be closed, employers are still hiring international candidates. And right now they can, for example, start working remotely because the, the work, the, the, the process of arranging the work visa might take twice longer than it was before the pandemic. But because all the team right now are kind of distributed, a lot of people work from home, it's much easier to plug a new employer to the process, e even if they're kind of in, in five or eight hours uh, difference in the time zone, for example. So yeah, the demand is, is still there. There are definitely some limitations, especially in terms of the embassies uh, in some countries. It's also like depends on, on the country. In some countries, embassies work better. Then in other, in, in some countries, they be completely closed. So, so it really depends. But as I said, like still the, the demand is there. And even though the, war, the world goes to more kind of remote and work from home direction, still employers uh, want to see people uh, in one place. So initially people just stopped hiring because they're, they're afraid of what's going on. And right now they actually recognize that they can still hire people. Yes, people are still willing to relocate. They may not be able to do it now, but given that they can work remotely, this group of talents can actually start work much earlier than waiting for them to arrive into the home country. So that, that definitely is a good turning point and uh, a change to the storyline that you have, given that you, you had 70% of your customers cancelling your job subscription in some time back. I, can, I just cannot imagine how painful that would be. So kudos to you to turning around the situation. And for especially companies that are based in Singapore, because this is where I'm based at, could you help them to understand from the talent side, since you have visibility on that front? In, in Singapore specifically, I would say, uh, of course, companies would tend to hire engineers locally. We are definitely not producing enough engineers, which is why companies would look into either outsourcing to countries like India, Philippines, or right now, the, the new trend, at least for, for Singapore companies, is to consider setting up an office to, in other countries so that they have better control. Are there any other countries outside of the Southeast Asia region you believe Singapore companies should really pay attention to and why so? Yeah, this is a really great question. But just coming back to the set that you said, like what, what to do like for companies in Singapore, based on, on the, the, the feedback of our users, Singapore as a, as a location, as a destination, has really strong positions for among our users, uh, and our users can sing, consider Singapore is probably one of top top two or top three destination where they potentially want to move if, if they consider the the Asian region. So, like I would say, like uh, if if you are like a company based in Singapore, 
and you're not sure like if you're attractive for for internationals i would say definitely it's it's attractive spot and also like because a lot of interesting companies are in your location so mix of these factors makes this location is really attractive that's like kind of the, the first point it's also like kind of you will never know which locations will will be interesting for for from which locations candidates might come from because we we see that right now we have more than 100 nationalities registered on relocate me and then you we are all the time surprised when we see like for example that people from for example argentina wants to move for example to singapore or candidates from Canada or from, I don't know, South Africa would consider Japan as a destination where they potentially want to spend a few years or we don't know for how many. But yeah, that's why like it's you should definitely underestimate every location because yeah, there is definitely if you open for, for the international hiring, there are a lot of people who might say that like, like your country is really great and I want to, to have this life-changing experience. In terms of like where, where you can open offices as, as a, for example, company uh, based in, in Singapore, it's also like probably you might know better because in, in terms of like the time difference in, in terms of like the same kind of mentality and the same approaches to work but if it's more engineering telling so I, I i would definitely recommend go to the the places and to the countries where there are good higher education in the field and also probably even the, the second much important point is that there are a lot of local strong players on the market who could educate the, the local market who could raise the bar of quality of, of technical talent so that's probably you should look on the local players as well and even though Instead of saying, oh, there are a lot of good companies there in this specific country and they're strong enough to, to get the, 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 the good talent, it also could be a great sign for you that, okay, we definitely need to be there because if it's uh, a lot of local strong players, so that's for us a good sign that, yeah, we can definitely have some, we can be successful in hiring in this place and we can definitely have great engineers in this location. And in Singapore specifically, specifically because of uh, what's happening, I think it's more of a political thing. With people losing jobs, of course, they are quite disgruntled about people from other countries coming in to take up their job. And this is not unique to computer science or technical roles. But because of this, most recently, I'm hearing from the ground that application for employment passes has been getting harder and harder. You need a lot of you basically need to have the stars aligned before you can get mm -hmm. your approval. And this is something that's going on for quite some time, even though most recently there was a new category of work passes, which will be catered to a different set of audience. You are This group of people will be like maybe the, the, the who's who in the space of AI, in the space of machine learning, computer vision. So it's a different category. So in, in, in a time like this, where countries are becoming more and more protectionist, What's your general take on this and how would this affect the flow of talent as well as some of the opportunities out there? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I see this this uh, direction as well that the countries definitely want to be more uh, protectionist and they want to kind of keep the local talent uh, in the country and also they could be a kind of they could consider as a threat when the foreign and the foreign talent comes to the country. But on the other hand, that's also like when, when you have foreigners in your country, it also gives your country more international spirit, more international and even brighter view on a lot of things. It's also quite cool to have a diverse team in your in your company that also like expand the, the boundaries of, of even of the mindset of understanding of treating people of uh, etc. That, that, that's really cool. The second point is that also if you're kind of going internationally, 
and you're super local and super domestic company, you also need to have understanding how, how the things go in different countries. And then also by bringing foreigners, it could de definitely help you to um, capture the new markets. So it's, it's, hard, it's really hard to say what, what will be the future. I see this, this direction from the governments. I see, on the other hand, the demand from the employers to, to hire international talent. And in most cases, I would, I would definitely say that, for example, employers who are open to hire international uh, people, they're uh, also considering, and not, not considering, they're actively hiring in their local country. So that's kind of two directions that doesn't cross each other. And uh, in this case, they could definitely benefit from, from, from this. So it's honestly, it's hard to say what will be the future. I, I would say that still the, the, the government will stay on this direction to kind of protect the, the borders, protect the talent pool, but employers and even employees and the job seekers will slightly change this direction and we'll see what happened. I guess nothing seriously will change in this, in this sphere, but yeah, it will be really interesting to explore how the situation will change in five years and 10 years. So we'll see. I'd like to segue to the EVP or employer value proposition that you might be seeing given that you have so many job postings on your platform. Definitely, there will be certain job posting that caught your attention. There'll be some that you think should probably never be written to begin with. What are some of the best practices when it comes to talent attraction, especially on the job posting front? What are the to-do, the not-to-do, to put in, the not-to-put-in that you can share with the audience here? Yeah, but based on, on, on the feedback of our users, yeah, the first thing is like definitely the, the country uh, itself as a brand uh, and the brand of the country. It's, it's a really good selling point. And for example, we have some clients in Europe who actually the government organizations who came to us and asked if their country, like and description of their country and how it's to live in this country could be presented on, on Relocate Me. So this is like the, the, the really strong point for the country and for the government that understands that like, yeah, we, we might be interested in talent and we need to build the, the country brand. So, and that's why also like in some, based on our polls that we have, yeah, our users prefer to, to not prefer, but they, they more likely willing to move to some specific countries instead of other countries. So that's the first point is the country brand. And yeah, no, as an employer, you, you can't influence it in a way, but also you can do some interesting insights on your company page about the country where you're living, about the benefits uh, of living in this country, interesting facts, sharing the story that you have international employees in your team and probably share their story so the, their voices could be heard, like how it's, for example, to move from one country to your country. More practical uh, things about uh, that, that we recommend is also to share your your relocation package as the employer, how you can support uh, your future employees, your, your candidates and during the move. Because also like uh, if you can offer the really uh, strong uh, relocation support, it means like uh, you'll definitely take away all the hustle and all the uh, potential problems that might happen during the relocation and after relocation. And it ultimately means that instead of, for example, searching for housing in the first like two weeks after you land to a new destination and not spending time on your work and understanding like what's your business, what's your product, then you can definitely help in this direction and make sure that there is no pain for your new employees once they move so they can fully focused on the job and to onboard as fast as possible. So sharing your relocation package might help and also understand like, and if, if you don't have the standardized 
relocation package. It might be also the case for you to understand like what's your budget, what you could offer, what you couldn't offer. So then it could be kind of structure your HR in a way to understand like, okay, what could be the relocation package? The next thing is that what I see at the moment that in, in the job descriptions, uh, you should definitely uh, add some things, not about just, just responsibilities. So, or just uh, you need to know this and this. It's great to, to share just the, the vision of your company, where you're going, like what's the problem you're solving, uh, at which scale, uh, where you want to be. And most importantly, probably just to cover a few, a few lines in your job descriptions about the impact of your job. So how your daily job in, in just making like a JavaScript or Java or I don't know, Python uh, code will affect the, the lives of, of the real people or the real customers or the businesses or the organizations, etc. So that's uh, also kind of important because uh, in most cases, uh, when you deal with the relocation, you consider mostly experienced candidates. And in this case, you need to understand that like experienced, like senior technical leads, senior developers, they also choosing, like it's not only that you choose the, the, the employer, they also choosing you. So then in this way, you can show that like, okay, we are really doing cool, valuable stuff, and then you could be a part of it. And then this is uh, how you can impact you doing like w- what you do, what you love, and then we can benefit both from it. So that's a good good, good point. And also like, yeah, what we found on the, the how people search jobs, it's also pretty simple. So you shouldn't like try to, to add a lot of probably cool new technologies that you think for, because in a nutshell, I'm talking about software engineers, they, 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 they search when they use, for example, the search form on your website, they just typically search for super simple things like uh, programming languages, the name of the job, etc. So, so no fancy title like coding wizard. Absolutely. Like yeah, yeah. Just really simple things like uh, that explains like if, for example, if I'm a Java developer or I'm, I'm a backend developer, etc. So I need immediately to understand this is like my role. And you're right, no, a- any fancy uh, words and just try to keep uh, things simple. It's I see also like it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of a trend that, for example, companies call the, the position like senior software engineer. And I can definitely understand why, because they're looking for kind of the people who are not stick to one technology. They're more stick to solving problems using the programming languages. But anyway, if you don't uh, mention any programming languages, for example, you can say uh, we're hiring candidates who has experience with the functional programming languages and you don't mention any of them and you don't have even any keywords. And I saw these job descriptions where you have, we want to hire a senior software engineer and you don't mention any keyword like Java or Ruby or etc. Then it makes super hard uh, in terms of the search functionality, for example, on our website and I'm pretty sure on other websites and on other job boards to match you with the skinny. So try at least to, to mention three, four programming languages that, that your future employees should know at least play with them, etc. So that makes the, the search functionality much easier. So the keyword optimization would be one thing as well as to keep things simple. So don't be fancy and try to have things like coding wizard and all, stuff like that, because those are interesting terms, but not very useful from a search perspective. And of course, try to be upfront about a lot of things. You mentioned about relocation package. If I'm a company that is brand new into all this, how can I find some reference point on how much a decent relocation relocation package would be yeah we also we try to educate not only the job seekers but also we try to share helpful content for for the employers and when we did a big research for over like a thousand jobs from different companies from different countries to figure out what what's the relocation package about 
And so then we figure out like the, the, the definitely the, the key and the, the most important thing is that like you should somehow help with the getting a sponsorship for the work visa because this is the, the important thing and not every candidate is allowed uh, to work in your country. So that's the, the key point. And unfortunately, or fortunately, you as an employee, you can't arrange the work visa on your own. You definitely need to have the employer, the organization that, that will grant or support you with the with this work. The second key point is that that we've realized based on, on the candidate experience, that's housing that makes really tough for, 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 for the job seekers to find housing in a new country where you don't know anything, you don't know local websites, you don't know the rules. So if you can somehow support with uh, finding housing, or it could be, for example, offering like temporary housing, or you can share some contacts with the real estate agents in your area. If you have the, the, the corporate flats or apartments that you can share for a month, for example, that would definitely uh, help a lot. And also like what we realized, like that the people value not just just monetary help, they, they value the, the human, the real human support. So kind of adaptation tips, some tips on where to get started, where to go, how to register this, how to get a tax benefit, etc. So it doesn't mean like you shouldn't do it on your own. You should definitely like as a, as a candidate, you should do a lot of research even beforehand you want to move to some country. But if you have a kind of partner as your employer who would support you with all this small things, small issues, small questions that, that you don't know where to ask. Then if you have uh, your colleagues from, from recruitment team, from, I even saw like the hiring managers, they, they help newcomers to, for example, arrange some visit to the government organization because they need to, to speak this language. So all this, even human, human touch, human support is really valuable for, for the job seekers. So I would say that the work visa that that's kind of by default. The second one is housing and somehow to help to make the, the, the searching of the housing as smooth as possible on the first time when, when the, the person landed to a to, to, to new country. And the third one is real just the human support when, when your future colleagues have some issues, problems or, or doubts just, just to be a human and to yeah just uh, li- even listen to their like worries and then give some few suggestions or tips that, that's super helpful. Thank you so much, Andrew, for educating us on how best to look out for talents beyond the country, beyond Singapore or beyond the home country, and also how to better position their, their employer value proposition as most, and most importantly, the job posting. Uh, thank you so much for your time in uh, speaking with me today. And I'll be including everything that you shared in the show notes uh, to share with the audience. But last thing before you move off, for people who are interested to find out more about what you do, where should they go to? Yeah, I would definitely recommend simply go to relocate.me and uh, explore the things like, uh, uh, first of all, like on the candidate side, like if you want to to relocate and explore jobs and move into different countries. And if you're like an employer, we also have the, the employer page, uh, relocate.me slash employer. Uh, you have all the, the needed information there. Once again, Andrew, thank you so much for making time today. I wish you continued success in your journey with relocate.me. Yeah, thank you so much, Adrian. It was a huge pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.